Hey guys, it's Shell, your rolling MC, and this is Hitting the Streets Podcast Show. Welcome to Hitting the Streets Podcast Show. Hitting the Streets is a series of interviews giving you the insider's look at the small businesses, entrepreneurs, nonprofit organizations, and events in the North Texas area. You can find all episodes of Hitting the Streets on Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, you can follow Hitting the Streets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. For more information about Hitting the Streets podcast, you can visit my website at www.hittingthestreetspodcast.com. And now, on with the show. Hey guys, it's Shell, your rolling MC, and this is Hitting the Streets podcast show. Today on the show, I have the owner of Frank's and Lola's. It is Chad Leisure, and it's, is it owner or co-owner? Did I say that right? Well, it's co-owner. It's co-owner. Okay, correct me. Okay, so Chad, please introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm Chad Leisure with Frank and Lola's Bohemian Tacos. Bohemian. Yeah. I didn't, I don't think I've ever knew that. Yeah. Why Bohemian? Why? Well, so Bohemian inspires an artistic approach. And so a lot of our tacos are really artisan, different and unique. And so we have kind of upscaled it a little bit and added a little artistic flair and just fits with our decor. And Well, I just learned that today. Yeah. I did not know that. I guess I've never noticed that or never seen that to even know that. Well, that's good to know. So tell me, how did entrepreneurship attracted you what what made you want to be an entrepreneur well so we actually started the taco shop this vision was three years in the making but uh, my wife and I Kendall we live in downtown Denison and we looked around at all of the growth that was happening and coming up and we just saw a bunch of vacant buildings and so for us we thought it would be a really good opportunity to bring something different and unique to our community and what better than us to do it than mm-hmm. wait for somebody else to come along and try to create something. So for us, it was kind of a, uh, it was in our neighborhood. And so that was where we saw fit. So where did this idea actually come from? The it, Why did you choose tacos and Bohemian tacos at that? Well, I will tell you. So we had a few concepts that we were looking at doing. Uh, we, we thought about a, a pizza concept mm. and then uh, lo and behold, there was a Domino's coming in. And of course, behind us, there's Diwali. So we figured it wouldn't be uh, a wise move for us to kind of go into that segment, but we always love tacos. I, f- I feel like for every meal that we were making at the house in our loft, we would make crunchy tacos or we would make skirt steak tacos or uh, chicken tacos. And so we just thought, you know, this is something that's right here in our wheelhouse and who doesn't love tacos? So that was, right. it was like the perfect fit for us. So where did the name come from? Okay. So Frank and Lola, that's actually our dogs. Oh, really? Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. So, no. so what kind of dogs are they? So Frank is a French bulldog. Oh, yeah. so sweet. Yeah. He's pretty ornery. And then Lola, she's a Pekingese poodle. A Pekingese she's poodle. She's a peek Oh, okay. Okay. 
did you see me go blank? Yeah. yeah, I know you guys can't see me, but my brain just went what? Yeah. <laughs> I went blank. Okay. She's more poodle, but um, how old are they? So uh, Frank is uh, four years old, and Lola is eleven. Oh wow! Yeah, so when yeah, well, Kendall, it was Kendall's Lola, and so now she's my Lola. But um, we felt like Frank and Lola's has a better ring than Chad and Kendall's tacos. (laughs) And you know what? I need to, I need to, I need to do a correction. It is Frank and Lola's, and I think I said Frank's. It's Frank and Lola's. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. So let's talk a little bit more about the Bohemia. So, which one of you guys knew those recipes? Did you? Is it coming from a like a grandmother or a grandfather? Those like. Recipes from somewhere that you well, guys? I'll tell you. So it, it's a combination of, of a lot of things that we pulled together. But I can remember years back just like getting on YouTube and, and looking up a pretty well-renowned uh, barbecue guy here in, oh. in, in uh, Central Texas and Austin area and just watch his YouTube video and thought, you know, I want to make a brisket. And so that was kind of the start of it. And and so I made a brisket on a Weber kettle of, in, of all things, you know, just like your grill. Yeah. And so, and it turned out amazing, right? And, and I mean, I guess as, as amazing, amazing as it could. And so we did that and uh, I thought, you know, I want to kind of work more and more on this. And so I learned a lot about, um, you know, trimming brisket and smoking ribs and smoking brisket and smoking pork. And so we, uh, we did that, but, you know, just that in itself is not enough to really do a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, when I was going to school, I went out to school in West Texas at Abilene Christian. Okay. go wildcats hey. and um there was a, a steakhouse out there that i worked at for many years and it was a really good learning experience uh but for the longest time my wife also worked at huck's catfish and so it's kind of like i mean she spent a long time there and there's there's a lot of people that have, have seen her there but you know she she honed, honed her experience um mm-hmm. in that fast-paced environment mm-hmm. and it's something that that we could translate that into our business as well so mm-hmm. that's kind of where the, the progression came from you know so smoking brisket and and, and and creating some things and then you got the operations experience for both of us but sure. then we also it, it's really interesting so you like have this vision of like what you think you want okay like everybody mm-hmm. will, will come up with an idea or a concept like i want to do this and it's right. like, how do you get to that point where you actually create something I, it's yes it's so hard to do yes it is i mean like <laughs> The, the thought and, and conception are one thing, and then implementation is is the, the biggest challenge. And a lot of people face this. But, um, you know, for us, we were able to break it down. And, um, you know, part of the process was looking for a location. And, and being in downtown Denison, it wasn't hard to know that that's where we wanted to be because we saw a lot of growth there. We've mm, seen a lot of things happen yes. in similar markets. So, you know, we thought downtown Denison. And then it's, um, you know, how do you – get to the point of a vacant dilapidated building to you know what we have if you've been there it's something pretty special i feel like Mm -hmm. i mean in in comparison to some of the other things that you've seen in this market i mean in in austin or dallas it's a little it's got the garage doors yeah 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 yeah. we got overhead doors there they weren't there actually those um y'all put those in yeah yeah well i can't take credit for that there's a guy named justin flores who's a really good brick mason in the area um and he's phenomenal so it was a, a you know a two foot thick wall. Uh, the door openings are like eight by ten, mm-hmm. and he did three of those, and it was just an undertaking. And it was a load bearing wall, and it could have come down. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the big challenge. But mm-hmm. anyways, he he made it happen. So you know we go from acquiring a building to essentially GCing, you know, right. general contractors subbing mm-hmm. out a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and then uh, COVID hit too. I, yeah, we're gonna get into that. Yeah. We're gonna get into that. So uh, with all that 
startup and you being where you are, what, what has been your most satisfying moments? Was it when you open? Was it your, is it your, you know, the people that come in? What, tell me what's been your most satisfying moment. I'll tell you the thing that really uh, is so satisfying is when you put a lot of your heart and soul into something and people really appreciate it and they really enjoy it and you make them just feel like they're getting not only good value because I mean, in this day and age, it's really hard to, you know, spend your hard earned money and feel like you're getting uh, a good value, but um, just, just making people happy and bringing people together. That's just the most rewarding um, aspect of what, what we can do down there. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about challenges because I know you were, you brought up COVID. So how have you guys overcome like, and I, and I'm not only that, not only the COVID challenge that we all have had food cost yeah. has been crazy. It is. How are you guys doing it? I'll tell you, it's really tough. And so, you know, in, in this segment, um, you've seen a lot of even fast food guys like McDonald's, they'll raise their price. Um, you'll see difference in portion control. You'll see mm. a lot of different st strategies for people to be able to compete without, you know, the consumer can only afford so much before they get price fatigue. And they're like, man, this is really ridiculous. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So what we've had to do is just make sure uh, little things, even here recently, our numbers, we opened in the summer, so we've almost made it a year, which is hoorah for us. All right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's mm -hmm. a huge milestone yes. for a restaurant, let alone any business, but Absolutely. a restaurant making a year. I mean, mm -hmm. one year is a, is a huge milestone because there's a lot of them that don't even make it a year. So we're, we're really blessed. But um, I look back when we first opened, we were really, really busy. And then uh, we had some little bit of downturn going into the fall. You had that second variant of COVID coming out. Mm -hmm. You had the holidays. You had some really bad weather. Our place is really in tune with really nice weather, patio experience, so you get a lot more traffic. And so I compared the food costs that we were doing in the summertime and the numbers that we were running, and we were running pretty comparable numbers today. And the food cost is actually up 50%. I, I was just going to say, uh, someone told me, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, that, that it was up 41, so 50, yep. 50%. Yep. Is that not crazy compared to where we were two years ago? It is. It's the same thing with the gas prices. Don't even get me started. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's such a challenge. And, um, you know, I, I, I hate uh, that. Here's the thing. Like, we haven't raised our price from our standpoint at all yet. It's getting to a point where we're probably going to have to or re at least adjust how we do some of our, sure. our business. But we know that the consumers out there are struggling with this as well because of high fuel prices. So the last thing we want to do is say, Hey, come eat at Frank and Lolo's and pay a lot of money and drive your car over here, spend a lot of money to get over here. And then, cause a lot of people are just not going to go out. Mm -hmm. They're just going to start buying groceries, which is also expensive, yeah. you know? So it's just a challenge. What we're going to do is implement a lot of cost control measures to make sure, sure. our portion controls are right sure. and accurate and mm -hmm. nobody's getting real generous on, you know, serving something up and sure. um, that, that will help control that. And then um, just, just being real selective on sourcing our, our good, our ingredients. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think in the, in the process of all that, do you think food costs will go down any? Um, well, I don't think in the short term it's going to go down. And this is just my opinion for what it is. I mean, you have a lot of stuff going on in um, Europe and Ukraine right now. Right? Sure. Yes. And yes. so, uh, because they are essentially the breadbasket of um, Europe, and you have even fertilizers, another component that comes out of Russia and 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 uh, that area. So what happens is, is if there's a shortage in, um, let's say Ukraine, well, it will put supply issues and demand on our goods right, here, mm -hmm, right? So mm -hmm. if those demand that demand's high, then that's going to push our price up even more. And I don't think there's going to be enough stability 
um, in the interim. I think it's going to take some time and you're going to see for us, it might be coming uh, more strategic in some of our offerings. So like mm -hmm. right now we offer a, a duck taco and the three things that are the most popular at our restaurant, it seems like pork belly, duck and brisket brisket is our number one seller yeah well brisket's king in texas so uh, we're not taking absolutely. that absolutely right <laughs> you better not <laughs> yeah we're not gonna do it and, and actually we're gonna be really strategic on we price it to make sure that we're we're still able to offer that without pricing the consumer to where they feel like hey i don't want to pay that kind of money for right. it but for something like duck we might shift away and and, and sure. put a different offering out there and then bring it back on sure but um or have some kind of special or something yeah. or other and then just bring yeah. it back whenever you need it absolutely that's good to know and what's really good to hear from you is that you're actually trying to put a plan in place you know what i mean just yeah. and do what you have to do to make the consumer happy and to keep you guys in business too as well absolutely you know uh we got to look forward i mean i even was thinking strategically enough to try to figure out a way to implement um a production and storage facility for mm. a lot of our stuff mm. long term because mm -hmm. if you can hold things and have it available then your mm -hmm. swings aren't as impactful and you can kind of weather the storm but if you only can carry so much inventory mm -hmm. then you're subject to what the market fluctuation is mm -hmm. immediately yeah. but um yeah, yeah we're, we're always thinking we what what would you say is your um your key to your success um well so far the key to our success i feel like has been um a lot of the people that are involved in our operation mm -hmm. mainly my wife mm -hmm. i feel like she does uh, quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, from staffing to making sure that the schedules are correct to mm -hmm. making sure our payroll is, is accurate and, and getting that stuff in. But, um, the people yeah. that, that's the way that, that really makes all this engine run is, is having good people in place. And we've been pretty fortunate because that's another component. I was going to say how you, that's another component that's happening around here in our area, Grayson County, they're not finding enough workers to work. It seems like you've kind of you kind of got that <laughs> down. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, it's expensive to live, right? Oh, my and, God. I mean, most people. It keeps getting expensive, Yeah, Chad. whether, whether it it's housing or fuel yes. or whatever, right? So we feel like the wage that is paid is is reasonable and customary. But what's really nice in our setup is, is and there's a lot of places to do it like this, but we do a tip sh tip share. We kind of mm -hmm. pull all the tips, whether it's the dishwasher or the kitchen mm, uh, cook gotcha. or mm -hmm. the front of house. And in doing that, it it allows everybody to share in the success of the restaurant, right? Teamwork if, makes the dream work. Yeah. If if everybody, if a customer's come in and they're happy and satisfied and they, they're generous and they, they give some money, well, that goes back into their pocket and it helps them to be able to absorb the high cost mm. and allows us as operators to not have to shoulder the burden of just that expensive labor cost. Because it's like you can either pay, and, and what usually will happen is you pay a lot in wages, you pay a lot in food, and you pay a lot in your building and other fixed mm -hmm. costs. And the next thing you know, you have essentially no profit and mm -hmm. you're, or you're raising your price and your consumer can't absorb that. Mm -hmm. So it's just a delicate balance. So the way, the way we have it set up now is, is really beneficial in the operation on our labor side, as well as trying to identify some opportunities in, in food costs. And yeah, I mean, and the next thing we can do is look at how to stay relevant as a business, yeah. right? Like, right. what can you do? Like, yeah, you've done tacos. Okay, yeah. you're only as good as your last success, right? I know. Um, oh, what do you got here? You got some chicken. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. We got chicken tacos. Yeah. <laughs> and they're great, by the way. Their chicken wraps 
are great. I'm a, I love chicken wraps, and they that's what I that's what I eat when I get there. And your stuffed jalapenos, which yeah. you didn't mention, but I'm gonna they're mention good. they're yeah. delicious. Yeah. So and and your salsas, but I can go on forever. So let me get back to this. Yeah. <laughs> so if you had um one piece of advice for someone who's starting out, uh, what would it be? Um, the one piece of advice, here's what I see a lot and it's, um, it's honoring your commitments. Okay. Like your commitment to starting this business, to starting mm -hmm. this project, to starting, you know, I see it a lot. Like your husband's in the car business, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure he sees a lot of guys that may start on a restoration, but they don't finish that restoration mm -hmm. on a vehicle. Well, it's, it's, things happen in life, but in order to see it through the very end, you've got to dig deep because there are moments where it's not going to be where you're sitting in front of uh, hitting the streets podcast, talking about, you know, this, the minor success of your business, you're, you're going to be in the trenches. I mean, there was a time when I literally, because of COVID ran out of money. Okay. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my vendors. I don't know how I'm going to pay mm -hmm. this contractor. And it was like, just a grab at every, because I had to, I had to absorb the cost of getting through COVID at the same time, still trying to build this restaurant. And let's just be honest, a lot of businesses going underfunded. And I was underfunded and not mm -hmm. realizing some of these true costs. Mm -hmm. And that happens to a lot of people. Yes. And so one is honoring that commitment and know that like whatever you commit to, it's it's to this to the end, right? You're you're either gonna go the whole way or you're gonna go half the way and go the other halfway back. Mm -hmm. So you might as well just go the whole way. But um, you know, just digging deep. And I think of like uh, you know, that John Wayne movie, but really it's true grit right? Just true grit. Yeah. You know, just getting mm. down and just doing it and, yes. and don't feel sorry for yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I was in there literally for a month doing, I can't tell you how much subway tile, but I had pallets and pallets of subway tile that I was putting in our kitchen. And it was because, well, I had to have enough money in the tank to be able to do some of the other mm -hmm. expenses. So right. it was like, who's going to do the subway tile? Well, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So yep. you can't be afraid to get in there and do it. And then to recognize like your plan is, it's like a shifting your business plan is a shifting document all the time. And you're going to shift continuously because whatever you think is going to happen, you better think again, but, yeah. but you got to plan enough to, to be able to have a little contingency plan. Um, luckily plan B. Yeah. Luckily, uh, my wife is really patient and she, I mean, she's got my back. Yeah. Right. And I've got hers, but you know, she, she never once was like, Oh, you know, we're not going to make it. I mean, there's a, there's this uh, grateful dead song that I would put in there and I'd play and, <laughs> And it, it's this guy that talks about Jimmy Rowe and he's like, will we get there? I don't know. You know, yes. and I would sit there and I would just be putting up subway title to Jimmy Rowe. I, I don't know if we're going to get there. And then, you know, like, yeah, because no. you just got to play light of it and, and just go for it. And so that's. And here we are a year later. Yeah. 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 Good. That's a great story. I'm good. It's good to hear that. And because even myself with what I'm doing, I get in my own way. And I have to get out of my own way to to keep moving forward, and that that happens with a lot of us. Yeah. And you talked about the under it being underfunded. That's another thing that's just been really hurting. I I <laughs> blame game. I blame the pandemic. Like the pandemic just caused the grief for everyone, consumers, small business. I mean, it's just been a headache, you know. So I'm glad to see where you are today. That's good. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean we're only as good as our last success. So we've got to keep it going. But yeah. um, so far we've, uh, we've done pretty well. So let's talk just a little bit about hot rods for humanity. So guys, yeah. 
Um, my friends, and I know you guys have been watching this on Facebook and on my Instagram, we decided to get together to put on a car show. Now, we did one a couple of years ago, and it was our first um, trial, I guess, jumping into this. We're, we are some car people. Like, in other words, we like going to car shows. We we like turning those wrenches. We like looking at all the old classic cars. Um, and so we decided to do another one this year, mainly because we wanted to get make sure that COVID had died down and get out of the pandemic, so to speak, even though I feel like we're still in there. And so um, we talked to Chad here about hosting it. And um, yeah, without a doubt, Chad was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's yeah. do this. And so we are going to be having this. This is a, a benefit for Habitat for Humanity. And I want to just say, Chad, thank you so much for stepping up and doing that and a sponsor too, as well. Hey, it's our, uh, it's our pleasure. I mean, we're I come from a, a family of, of car people, you know, but, um, you know, I mentioned your husband, he's a car guy. Mm -hmm. That's, that's his profession. My dad, my entire life has been a body man. So, I mean, he's, he's a blue collar guy that works mm -hmm. real hard. And I mean, that's the stuff that makes him happy, mm -hmm. you know, and, and he's helped me. I mean, I got a, before I got into the restaurant, uh, and starting to build the restaurant, I had a, uh, 89 grand Wagoneer, you know, the wood, wood panel. So I have that, but you know, we were working on that together and mm -hmm. I had to stop that during the pandemic, but I've gotten to a point where I got it closer and it's, it's getting finished up, but, um, cool. Okay. Yeah. Wait for that. Yeah. It, and it, you drive a little Volkswagen van or something. Yeah. I got, I got one of those too. That was the most recent purchase because, uh, you know, I thought about as far as advertising, you know, what, what's, what's a good piece of advertisement. And it's like a VW bus driving yes, around town. <laughs> That's, I, I mean, know. everybody's going to look at that thing Absolutely. and point and laugh. And point and, and go, what was that? Yeah, yeah it's so, so true. So. Um, Brad and I, well, Brad, has been working on a 19, um, 1979 hatchback Nova. Sweet. Yeah, and he's had that for a long time. Yeah, so. is he bringing it to the car show? Yeah, well, see, that's why I told him, so why are we not going to have this ready for the car show? i got to get some <laughs> more parts. That's always. Just bring it. Yeah, that's all. That's, he always says that. I got to get more parts. Like, whatever, dude. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. well, we're happy about that. And guys, make sure you save the date, May the 7th. And it's going to be um, at Frank and Lola's parking lot. Plus, um, Chad got the street shut down, yo. And he's like, we're shutting it down. And he got it done. So that is that Chestnut Street, right? Yep. That, that yep. entire street from Frank and Lola's all the way down to 1880 Ice House, I yep. believe. Yep. It's going to be shut down. And um, the Denison Food Truck Park is also involved. And we're going to be able to share some parking um, spaces with them. So, yes, thank you so much for doing that. Hey, that was a, that was a community effort there. I think Brad had a lot to do with it, too, because we had to go to uh, the Denison City uh, oh, the, Hall. And, yeah, that's right. And talk to the powers that be and uh, present our plan. And Brad was there. I mean, he was the reason why they said yes, I think. You'll have to ask I'll him. I'll have to ask him. I'll yeah. have to ask him. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So tell me where can we follow you before we wrap up? So you can find us at uh, frankandlolas.com. I'm sorry, frankandlolastacos.com. That's our website. And you can even order online there. Cool. And oh. yeah, I mean, you can go right and order Frank and Lola's tacos. Um, we have a DoorDash, uh, oh, okay. a um, kind of an arrangement with them. Yeah. yeah. Of course, I, it's certain geographic. So if you're in Sherman, they may not gotcha. deliver, but you can always try. 
And then uh, we're on Facebook, at, you okay. know, Frank and Lola's, and then can... um, Instagram. What was it, Frank and Lola's Tacos? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you yeah. make sure you guys you follow them. And they, you are you guys gonna have any other events other than the car show coming up? Do y'all do anything? Is there something going on in Denison? Well, uh, you know, for, as far as for us, there's always something going on in Denison. <laughs> Let's be honest. I yeah, mean, that's true. Doc Holiday Festival is like a week away or yeah. so, and uh, and then we're gonna be the next week, and then you got music on Main. But okay. I've actually been talking to uh, Chris Romaine at Split Window. Oh, Split Window, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, talking with him, there's there's still some opportunities that are out there that can bring a bunch of people out and together. So we're we're working on trying to figure out a way to make that happen. Good. But, um, That's good to hear. Yeah. Denison's got, got some it's potential. Booming. Yeah, it it's booming. Yeah, it's booming. Well, all right, Chad, that's it for us. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, this is me, your Rolling MC. Catch another episode on Hitting the Streets.